0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Is it already time to be worrying about winter riding clothes? Yikes. This week, we're talking about the differences between the jogs from one discipline to another. And have you thought about adding your horse to your will? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to the Happy, Happy Hour. hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne.
1: And I'm Ellie Woznicka. Welcome to episode 60 of Heels Down Happy Hour.
2: How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. 31 weeks pregnant.
0: Wow. You were cruising right through
2: that, huh? Cruising right through. I know. That Not too 31 much longer. Weeks too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, still get there. So now it's good. It's it's Kevin real. It's it's coming. I'm now not <laughs> traveling for war shows, so that's kind of weird. So, will you be
0: in um, Ocala for the the next one? Right? Isn't that coming out? No.
2: So, Doug is going by himself with the okay. girls. So, I just. I'm at that point, like if it's a long week at a horse show, like it just gets too much with Hudson and I just start to like feel a little bit more drained. So Mm -hmm. I said the other day, I was like, I think I'm starting to finally feel pregnant. People might want to shoot me for that comment through the air. I'm really (laughs) sorry, but I'm like, I think people feel like this the whole time, but I'm like dying right now. So it's just the long days get to be too much. So staying in a routine at home seems to be a little easier. Sure. That makes sense.
1: This episode is brought to you by SmartPack. If you guys haven't checked it out, you should totally check out Packs blanketing guide at smartpackequine.com. If you're feeling lost, I always check it. They also have a cool app just to always make sure I'm on the right track in terms of blanketing. If you guys want to check it out, smartpackequine.com.
0: All right, guys. So I have a really awesome drink this week. It's a little different, so bear with me before you throw out some judgment, okay? So Is that
2: directed at me?
0: Probably. You can't even drink it, but I know you're not going to like it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it's called a pink gin iced tea, but it's not iced tea like how you think of like southern-brewed iced tea. It's actually chamomile tea. So what you're going to do is you're going to brew chamomile, like a tea bag, in boiling water, steep it for two to three minutes, then you're going to remove the bag and let it cool for five minutes. Then you're going to pour that into a large jug or whatever you use to serve drinks with pink gin. Like that's actually a type of gin It's pink gin. You're also going to add some rum. It says a hundred milliliters of spiced rum. You, you'll add a hundred milliliters of elderflower, which I know we've talked about before on the show and we're confused as to what it is, but I imagine it's like very floral and syrupy tasting. And then also there also you use pink grapefruit juice. I guess that's what gives it the color. And so you add ice, you stir it, and then you can also add some thyme sprigs just to garnish and you stir again before serving. And I think it sounds like really light and delicious. And probably less calories, right? The only the most sugar is probably from the grapefruit juice.
1: Oh,
0: it rums. sounds yeah.
1: Probably the rum's probably got some calories.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the gin. But, yeah, definitely does not sound up your alley, Jess, because I know you don't like gin.
2: No, or the iced tea. The iced tea, I don't like cold tea, so that's going to probably do it for me. Huh. Yeah, like, I'm a hot tea person. Okay. Ah. So no sweet like, tea, fruit tea, nothing, kind of.
1: I feel like this is good, though. I feel like I could,
2: I would invest the time to make this, and that's saying you guys, You guys <laughs> will have to report back once Ellie tries it and let us know what it really tastes like. Okay. Yes, I
1: will. I'll have to buy some more gin, though. Matt's a big gin drinker, so I think we're not—we don't have very much.
2: Oh, so he might like this. You'll have to make it for him.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't cook, so this will be, like, my contribution. Your version. Perfect. (laughs) I didn't—I couldn't boil water, but here's the drink for this evening. (laughs) Perfect.
2: I also want to shout out to our greats, uh, Alexandra Lanier Sanford and Suzanne Weed. Lisa Beals, Morgan McGowan, Heather Bealey, all of them have contributed to this podcast and helping us keep going. There is still time to donate, you guys. You can go to heelsdownmag.com and click on where you can do podcast donations. We would love for you guys to kind of join and keep supporting us because we really love coming and talking to you guys.
0: All right, so what do you got for news, Ellie?
1: I have... A sad but uplifting story. Um, so I, I'm sure you guys are aware of the crazy fires that are going on right now in uh, California. Um, but there's this awesome video of this horse that is like in the process of being rescued. So he's like following one of his friends um, who's held by a handler onto like the trailers to get rescued. And then like this mom and full are like running and they're stuck kind of behind a fence. And he runs back to the other two horses to save them, which is so cute. And also, you know, heartwarming, especially seeing all the, you know, disaster and stuff. So that is my uplifting story that he went back to save his buddies. Not all heroes wear capes, guys.
2: (laughs) That's really cute. I have another kind of... What about you guys? So I have kind of a weird one. It was... All over the internet, I think even people that don't really ride horses kind of saw this video. It was a little scary at times, but Poe was a couple weeks ago and there was a British rider that the horse, the rain broke, I guess, earlier on in the course. And I'll talk about it in a second, but the horse, basically he lost the rein further on in the course. And then the horse like bolted and I guess is pretty brave, but there was a seven foot wall that the horse tried to jump instead of going through the gap that the horses were supposed to gallop through. And it was kind of scary. Did you guys see it? I did. did. It was sort (laughs) of tough to watch.
0: Um, But the video I saw, like it shows the rider, like where the rain breaks and he's trying to keep it together. Right. And I was like, wow, that's amazing that you feel like you could keep going. Right. And he went, he went around for a while, for a little while, at least before he got to that point. And and that horse man has a lot of heart because that horse saw that wall like a literal wall and tried to jump it, which was well. Amazing. So
2: we were watching Poe off and on and stuff, and then that somebody like screenshot and like sent it, and so I actually didn't see the rain break. I had to like go back through and watch like what actually happened. Like I kind of saw like the central meme of it, basically. Like I just saw the horse just bolt and like run into the fence, and you're like what just happened? Like yeah. what in the world? And so there was an article that actually, cause I was pretty interested. I was like, how does, what happens to make this happen? Basically. Yeah. So the poor, there's a young 27 year old Jack Pinkerton. He was riding his horse Raphael and it was their first four, first first five star together. And so I guess, um, what he was doing is like the rain broke early on in the water and it snapped, it snapped pretty far back. So when I originally heard that the rain broke, I thought by the bit, but it snapped like at the rubber part. So he was able to oh. still hold on to it, which, yeah, that's why I like went back to like, kind of figure out how does this happen? Like, did you lose it at the bit and then try to continue on like holding what, but he was still had plenty. And then the horse just over jumped one of the big tables. And then, so basically he's riding with split reins and so okay. he lost the rain. And then it's like dangling kind of. And then that's when the horse, like he only had one rein and the horse just bolted, and I guess is pretty brave. And then that's when it ran into the wall. And so he did get penalized. Like the ground jury gave him, I think, a yellow card and everything. And they also people were not happy that when he because it was pretty horrific, like the horse, like, you know, kind of bounced off and he fell off. And then I guess he like threw his whip on the ground and was pretty mad. But Mm -hmm. he explained, and not that I'm saying that this is a better situation, but hopefully he was really sorry and that he was more concerned. He was pissed. He put himself in his horse in that kind of danger. So, I mean, they did reprimand him and give it the yellow card and everything in hopes that like, this was something that he is sorry for and won't do again. But I think he was, what they're, what he's saying in the article is basically, he was just trying to get his horse home he was taking long routes and like just wanted to finish his first five star but at the same time like hindsight's 2020 20, it's always harder once you're out there and you're doing it but
0: right it's right. you
2: know the next time is like okay for everybody else if something happens like that maybe you should pull up it's not always worth because thankfully both horse and rider were okay but you know there the outcome could have been different for sure
0: no, it was scary to watch for sure. Yeah, thank, thank goodness they're both okay.
2: Yeah, so it was, it was it. But lesson is, if something, you know, there's always another day. So sometimes it's not best to try to push your luck. Right. Good point, Jess. Yeah. So what about you, Justine? What do you have? So a cool
0: European horse show made like mainstream news this week. I'm not sure if you guys saw it, the Helsinki International Horse Show is known for the last couple of years, they've been recycling the manure that comes out of the four-day horse show, and they use it to actually power the entire horse show, like the entire venue. So horse manure goes back into basically like it's processed, and it, it becomes the energy needed to supply electricity for the whole horse show, which is really freaking cool, and Helsinki's been on like the cutting edge in terms of war shows that have been doing this because they've been doing it for a couple years now. And there are a few others. Uh, we wrote a story on HeelsdownMag.com about horse shows that are being a little bit more progressive and what they're doing with their manure at the end of long horse show weekends. But it, it's kind of cool to see a a big international horse show making international headlines in mainstream media. Like I'm looking at a Associated Press story right now talking about how how they use manure to make energy. So
2: pretty that's cool. pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Does it say how much manure is needed? Like, is this something that I can implement like at my house? instead of spreading? Or is this like something that like you need a lot of poo? (laughs) I think probably to run an entire
0: horse show, yes, you would need a lot of poo. But I interviewed a guy who runs a company in Wellington, it's called Wellington Agricultural Services. And he says that you can buy these digesters is basically how he explained the machine, like what they are. And they're like personal size Composters, so like people who have their own personal farms if they wanted to compost their own manure instead of spreading it and you could sell it as compost you know for for gardening and other things that there there are these materials out there and kind Uh of yeah getting out of the old school way of like oh you have to spread your manure or pay for somebody to haul it away there's there are more options out there now
1: yeah, one of my one of my coworkers actually just brought like a big bucket for me into work so that I could fill it with poop for her garden.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: But I didn't charge her anything. I'm like, I got a lot of poop but that was an interesting conversation to have in front of like the provost of the college. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness,
0: that's funny. I used to, I still do that too. Like I have a little vegetable garden here at the house and before I had a truck, I used to fill garbage bags full of manure at the barn and like throw it in the back seat of my little toy box car and drive home with all this manure
2: in the back seat. So it is the best compost. So yeah, but we... do you now like bring like a mutt tub? What do you do now?
0: Well, now I have a truck. So now um, I still use garbage bags, but I could throw it in the back of the truck. So I'm not sitting with all the manure. (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how she's going to drive home. But uh, (laughs) because I think she has like a little SUV.
0: (laughs) So that'll be, uh, be a fun drive. Hey, so you're if you're not already a subscriber to the Heels Down Brief, which is our daily morning news blast, you should really sign up. There was a lastly, LOL, which is something we end all our briefs with actually this week that, that made me laugh just because it's that time of year. So I'm going to read it to you. And it says, I can't wait to bring out my thicker winter breeches. They really pair well with my cellulite and a cute little vest. Sounds pretty accurate to me. So if you <laughs> need a, <laughs> a good little joke to wake you up in the morning, you should subscribe subscribe to the brief. And you can do that by going to bit dot lee slash hd brief. And so since we're talking about winter breeches, um that's what we're gonna review on the podcast this week. Jess, so you got these Greenhawk tempo equestrian mirana winter riding pants, right?
2: They're amazing. I'm like, so I actually put them on and they're so comfortable. Like they fit really well. They look great. They, they have the grippy stuff, which is nice. Cause a lot of them, I feel like I've seen winter pants. they either look like ski pants that like, they have no grip and I'm like, okay, I'm going to die. Like I'm not going to be able to sit the trot or anything, or they're just kind of like a wool and they don't feel thick enough. Like these, I could actually wear Under Armour, um, like long johns or something underneath them and they fit really great. Like they're so comfortable. Like, I'm like, okay, I could go do the barn in these. Like they, they fit really well. Like, I don't know. They're probably the nicest winter breeches I've ever seen. Honestly.
0: They're super nice. So, uh, you know, I was thinking like, oh my goodness, when am I ever going to wear these? Cause I live in Florida. But, but what I like about them too, is they're not crazy bulky. And they have this really kind of pretty, like, pleated, quilted pattern in the front. So you you do get, like, you could tell that they're made for winter, right? They're waterproof. Yeah. They've got this extra padding. But I like, to be honest, I like that they're slip-on. Like, there's, it's just a stretch waistband. But for wintertime, when I think about, like, when I travel and when I ski or, you know what I mean? Like, you want clothes that are easy to get on and off when it's freezing cold, right?
2: Well, Uh, and it's nice because, like, half the time they, you know, I don't need a lot of stuff. Like I want them to fit kind of there, like, and fit underneath my jackets. And I feel like it's just more slimming looking because you're not going to be like in this riding clothes with just a shirt, t-shirt on, you know, like, or a fitted, you know, even if I'm under armor, most of the time I have a vest on. So it's going to look like really cute and really kind of just stylish with having riding pants and like a cute top with a vest or a jacket, depending on how cold it is exactly and and like you said i like the
0: grip too they remind me of the tights that we reviewed from green hawk with the really nice grip they're like full seat with with grip all the way down you know the backside and the inside of your legs and they've got zippers that go all the way up like to just below the knee for your boots they're really they're really nice and they yeah. look they look like they won't get wet which i think is really important right And yeah, I mean, if you're looking for like, if you're trying to add to your winter wardrobe now, knowing that the cold weather is coming, these are definitely something to keep in mind. So uh, just to follow up on some of these details here. So it's 120 grams of warm insulation. So that sounds like a lot, right? Um, I'm probably not the best person to gauge that. But you guys who live in colder climates, is that a lot? 120 grams?
1: It's a good amount. I'd have to check it honestly. Like with like in comparison to like blankets, <laughs> you right?
2: Know? Well, one hundred and twenty um, is like a medium, is or medium is like two hundred or something like that. So, do, yeah.
1: So that's a it's a good amount.
2: But I mean, like I said, you could always put like long johns and stuff under. I think they're exactly. Plenty. I mean, I don't know what I'd wear. I mean, like I said, I don't ride when it's super super cold. Like, I mean, it's cold down here, but only for a couple days. That like. For me, I don't think I'd put anything else. They'd be too thick or something. Yeah. So I think they're pretty kind of warm. Like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really, really impressed with them. Yeah.
1: They look pretty warm. I, I hate riding like when it, like when I'm wearing pants that are too hot. You know what I mean? Like, I get really hot when I ride. So I'm, I'm jealous. I'm super excited to get myself a pair of these.
0: And the price is pretty good. It's $130.76 on Greenhawks website. Which sounds like, you know, to me, that sounds affordable for a pair of breeches that you know are going to last and you're going to have all season long. So if you want to check them out for yourself, you can go to greenhawk.com. And again, these are the Tempo Equestrian Morana Winter Riding Pants. This segment is brought to you by HiloFit. Monitoring heart rate gives horse owners more peace of mind. Find out why with HiloFit. Learn more at HiloFit, which is H-Y-L-O-F-I-T dot com. So I have a question for you guys, but first, let me tell you this story. This is why I want to ask you this question. So a friend of a a friend in the barn and I were talking about something. I can't remember what it was. It was like she was worried about something was going on with her horse. And I brought up like, oh, well, have you tried to take his pulse? And she didn't know how to do that, which I thought was interesting because, you know, it feels like something fairly basic, right? That we all should know how to take the vital signs for our horses. So I wanted to ask you guys, when, when did you learn those tools? And, you know, what would you consider are like the top three vital signs that you should know to do and how do you do them?
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter. But for me, it was always something that we learned kind of, I can't even remember, but like, you had to always like take your horse's temperature, figure out where its pulse was figure out, you know, basically it's respiratory rate. So like when we are to exercise them that, I mean, mine, I don't even know the lot, like the first time, I feel like it's just kind of something that we've always been able to do and, you know, kind of got raised with it. And so, yeah, we always kind of just did those kind of big three things, but then also, you know, then you could, we needed to know so that you could then manage, like, is something too high, is something too low kind of, what was the normal and same, like, you know, probably the most common is taking the temperatures. Like, you know, you take the temperature quite often. Like, I mean, there's probably thermometers two to three of them in every one of our barns and the trailer and everything else that you always have the ability to take it because before we give them medication, you always want to make sure that there's no fever or anything else. So like that's, that's probably the biggest one is like taking temperature and then followed by respiratory and the pulse. So
0: let's just go through those. So how do you take a horse's temperature?
2: So basically you go and have it either having somebody hold it so that they're not going to run around the stall and you're chasing them, but you go take a rectal temperature of them. So you lift up. I always like make sure that they know that you're there, lift up the tail, and then you stick in the thermometer just like you would, you know, like for us, like instead of putting it on their mouth, you put it in their rectum and then you basically click it and wait I always try to be nice to them. So I try to do some sort of lubricant so it's not like jabbing it in and they really want to kick you. So (laughs) I always have, we always have Vaseline or something and this is going to sound gross, but like if you can't find anything, then spit on the thermometer. Like that's the best, you know, like don't just stick it in dry. Like that's just mean, I feel like. So we always use something. I always just find a little bit of Vaseline and like, you know, put it on. Stick it in there, turn it on, and basically, you want to see if their temperature is around like 100, 100, and they'll basically go from like 99 to like 101. And then, past that, like you're really kind of the horse is running a temperature, then you need to have the vet come out at some point.
0: What about? So, how about feeling for a pulse, Ellie? How do you do that?
1: Well, before I tell you that, I have a funny temperature story. Okay. Um, which is just, I mean, I like to talk about buttholes. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) so there was some kind of, um, breakout. I think it might've been, um, EHV one when I was in high school and I was working at the barn, um, back in Connecticut and we had like 40 horses. And so to be like, you know, to make sure if we got anything that we were on top of it, the barn owner was like, every feeding, you know, you're going to go and take every horse's temperature. One that takes a very long time for one person. (laughs) But the other thing was that we had an older horse there that had had surgery on his colon um, because he had so many melanomas that like he couldn't push poop through anymore. uh, He's a white horse. And so fun fact, he didn't have a butthole. So you just like picked up his tail and it was kind of just like a gaping (laughs) <laughs> oh wow. And I asked I asked the bar, owner, I said, how do I like do I just kind of push it to the side? Do I like put my hand in as far as I can reach? <laughs> like she was like, Yeah, just kind of like put it to the side and hope for the best. I was like, okay. But so yeah, if anyone knows how to properly take a temperature with a horse without a butthole, I'd be curious to know. <laughs> but in terms of pulse. So I always go for the, I can't remember what it's officially called, the traverse facial artery, which is like kind of like a rope feeling right under the jaw. I try to do it right on the jaw because then you can kind of push it against the bone and feel for it. So, but it's probably about the thickness of like an extension cord. So I just put my hand right on that and then you'll count for 15 seconds and then multiply by four and that'll be your beats per minute. Usually between 30 and 40, but thoroughbreds and warmbloods typically have an average of like 36, especially like my big guy, my draft cross, he has like a higher beats per minute. So just make sure, you know, like, you know, every horse is different, but I remember learning that when I was like young because my, uh, my trainer was a vet tech before she started training. But I remember at USHJEAP, they really like hone in on horsemanship and you have to do this like every morning and every night. And I was surprised how many people couldn't find the artery, but it's pretty predominant. If you feel for it and you feel for that rope, you'll get it. What about you, Justine? What about respiratory rate?
0: Um. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of the same thing. You want your horse in the stall or the cross ties, and you want to be standing at his side facing his rib cage when you're, when you're trying to check for the respiratory rate and you want to count the number of breaths. So like one breath is one rise and fall of the, of the rib cage. Or if you can't really see his ribs rise and fall in the barrel, you can also look at the flank and then you want to count those breaths over, uh, a 15 second period. Then you multiply that number of breaths by four. And that's how, you know, your horse's breaths per minute. So again, kind of like you said, Ellie, every horse is different. So, but for like a horse at rest, you want to see eight to 14 breaths per minute. That's pretty normal. Uh, And then obviously that respiration rate will go up as a horse is beginning to move or it's a horse during exercise, that kind of thing. And they can increase up to 120 breaths per minute. So uh, this is something I really focused on when my horse stopped sweating, because he would have these like horrible, shallow, quick breathing when he couldn't sweat, he would just sit in his stall and pant and pant and pant and pant. pant. So he'd have this really elevated respiratory rate. And it was scary to count how quickly he, you know, his shallow breaths were going. But it, um, but then you're able to, you know, actually quantify like, okay, this is a problem. This is the number I can tell my vet. Uh, when he, before he gets here. So he has some information, he's equipped with some information before he's even there to examine my horse. So this is just all good stuff to keep in mind. Again, every horse is different and we're never too old to learn this stuff or at least revisit it and make sure, you know, we refresh, we understand how to use this information and know what's normal for our horses. And there are devices out there like HiloFit that can help you track your horse's vital signs which is pretty cool. And we'll probably talk to you more about HiloFit in in upcoming episodes. But what's important right now, if you're interested in HiloFit and have seen it work and are curious to know more, they're actually having a sale to celebrate their one year anniversary. So from now until November 15th, the HiloFit system is for sale for $299, which is a $50 discount. And the HiloFit app has a free 90-day trial with no auto-charge commitment required. And you can find out more information about the HiloFit system and even vital signs and tracking that information on your horse by going to hilofit.com.
2: And we can also post, Doug's done a couple post about like the hilo fit and everything. Cause we use it to actually go. So if you guys are ever interested, we can kind of show you, we've done it on our Instagram and like shared it both Doug and I, but basically it gives the heart rate and everything of the horse, the rider, the distance, and it's a whole graph. So if you guys are interested, we'll post kind of some of the graphs and some of the data that we'll send out because it is pretty cool. And you can then figure out what all that means.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. We'll post that on HeelsDownMag.com and we can you can look for it in the Facebook group too. So there was a really interesting conversation that started in our Facebook group, the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. Um, a couple of listeners had this really interesting interesting dialogue talking about how they plan for their horses after they're like after they died. Like, God forbid something horrible happened. Do you plan for your horse in your will? Um, how does that work? Who do you, you know, do you select somebody to take over the care of your horse? Do you give them some money to help take care of your horse? And I just thought all of these questions were super interesting. And, um, you know, horses are a lot of work. It's not just like leaving a cat behind. Right. So I interviewed some of our listeners from the Facebook group to talk more about their plans, uh, people who have prepared, uh, for something like that and put their horses in their will. But I wanted to ask both of you how have you guys done this? What was the process like? Um, Ellie, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah. So I actually have, um, partially just because I'm, I wouldn't say like a pessimist, but I'm just a worry wart. So like, even when I was a little kid, I'd be like, if I die, my goldfish is going to go to my best friend, Sammy or something. Like, it's just like, I don't know why that was in my head as a kid, but it's been something that I've always been thinking about so I actually have a which reminds me I have to get it updated with all the cats. I have a <laughs> paper I have a paper like a printed paper. Um, I think that I just probably got it from some online template I imagine but it just has like all, list of all of the animals like their attributes so like the horses I have you know color, breed age, size yeah. stuff like that. And then it has, like, who I want them to go to, their address, stuff like that. And, you know, how much money I hopefully will be able to give them. Right now, that's none. (laughs) So,
2: So hopefully not today.
1: So right now, it's just, you know, no money, but yeah, I have that for each of my animals. So right now I think, and it's like, it's all specified too, that like, if my mom's still alive, then this horse will go to her, you know, if she is also dead, then it goes like, it just like has like a hierarchy, I guess.
2: Do you talk to these people? Yes. Yeah. So I told them, I'm like,
1: Hey, is it okay if I put you in my will to take care of, you know, Batman after I die? And they're always like, what? Like I hope that doesn't happen. I'm like, yeah, well, but I'm just saying, like, if the need comes, um, and all the people that I have on there have their own farms either in the family or like on their property, just because I feel like, especially where a lot of my family's in Connecticut, that is a big ask of like having someone pay for board, uh, because it's pretty crazy. Right. Um and I have Matt too. So Matt only gets one of my horses. Fun fact. That's um, it. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Which one does he get? Um, he gets Q. He gets my little um, my little dun reined cow horse. And he did gets- Your mom get the one that
2: she was jumping the other day?
1: Oh my god! Wasn't that so cute? That's the cutest I thing by the, the way. I love the video. It yeah, was freaking I it. awesome. No, I'll I'll share that in the podcast lounge so everybody. Yeah, can but did she
2: get that one? I still want to know the answer.
1: Um, yes. So okay. she she gets priority. Um, as long as she is alive for all of them, except for Q. And then if she is not alive, then they go out to like various people. Like he goes back to, um, the people I bought him from. And then like my quarter horse goes to my friend Haley. So it's
2: just,
1: yeah. So it's, it's things I talk about, think about. Um, and I think it's come from my mom like, she always texts us, like, before she gets on a plane, she's like, my will is in X cabinet in the safe, and, um, oh, wow. you know, my horse goes to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so I think it's just, like, something we've always thought about. There's, like, really crappy things have just happened to my family. Like, my mom is the only one alive in her family. Like, her parents are dead. Her brother and sister are dead. Um, oh, so no. I feel like, I mean, it is what it is, right? You yeah. Handed to you. But I think it makes you think about things, you know, like my grandma lost her house in Harvey. Our house burnt down when I was in like third grade. So you kind of learn that. Plan. Yeah, you plan accordingly. So what about you guys? Like, have you guys Um, thought about it at all?
2: Yeah. And then like something else thinks about, like, I'm like, they call me the hummingbird. Like I literally thought about something else and I was like, oops, forgot that one. But (laughs) I mean, I probably should think about it more, but ours changed so much too. Like I wouldn't even, thankfully like we don't really own that many horses. Right. So we own halves of them. So like if something happens, they go back to the other owner and then, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I probably should do this more often. And it's like a wake up call, like, oops, probably should do it. But I do know I have friends and like other owners and stuff that like have put their horses in their will and they're going to be taken care of X, Y, and Z. This is what's going to happen to them. But yeah, no, we, we probably should. I mean, I feel like we have life insurance and that was like a really big step for us a couple of years ago. So we really should (laughs) get back on like top of things, but we're not very good at things like that. We probably should be way, way better.
0: I mean, it's, yeah, it's a hard thing to think about, right? You don't want to be morbid, but I, yeah. I do think it's really important to be prepared. Because you hear these horror stories of where, you know, someone dies and then it's, you know, it's the non horsey spouse who's left at the horse and they're grieving. And the last thing they want to think about is this the, animal. The divorce yeah this animal that they're now responsible for that just reminds them of their of their dead partner. you know, it's really yeah. like, sad, but but in that case, sometimes the animal suffers or ends up in a home that's not the best place for him, or you know,
2: so that if we could have all planned, it would have been way better
0: right. right. And so and with this. With the story that I wrote, I interviewed two of our listeners who, you know, who were very serious about their planning and who, you know, called an attorney, wrote like a legally binding will, included their horses in them. One of our listeners, Sarah, she like got an additional life insurance policy that would help pay for the horse's expenses. You know, if she died, like that money would be allocated to the horse. So, you know, when a family member took over the care of it, they wouldn't just be like, you know, saddled with the cost of the horse. Now, another listener, Carol said that they, um, they planned for the cost of caring for the horse in their estate planning. So whoever took over, you know, whoever took over their estate, there would be money set aside for the horse that way, which I just think is really smart. You know, it's, you, you would hate in those moments of like terrible tragedy. People don't plan for this stuff, but I've seen families like really struggle to cobble together a plan and what, you know, what comes next. And if you can, I don't know, be responsible and put some of that, yeah, put some of that together for them. That makes it easier on everybody. Right. Absolutely.
1: And like working at the animal shelter, I mean, my fat cat actually originally came to the shelter because her owner died and they couldn't take care of her. I mean, and that's just a cat. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I feel like horses are even, you know, way more taxing, you know, and that's just, I think it's a good thing to think about. Even if like, for me, like I don't have, I didn't have an attorney or anything. It is notarized. Fun fact. I had to go into a trailer on main in downtown, uh, Gillette. It was just a double wide trailer to get something notarized.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) did you know you could get everything notarized at UPS stores? Oh, so that
1: is a lot less shady, so maybe I will do that wow. next time. Yep.
2: Wow. UPS, everybody has a UPS, uh, every UPS has a notary, and the one in Aiken, Doug found out the other day, because we have to get a lot of things notarized and stuff, so we go there, that you can actually get married in the UPS store. What? Wow. Fun what wow. fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Doug, told me, Doug calls me as soon as he leaves and goes, guess what? Like, I can't.
1: What a wedding. (laughs) What a
2: wedding. Oh my gosh. But actually,
1: I would totally use like bubble wrap for my dress or something. They have a whole
2: place for it. Like they have like a whole little section for like getting married apparently. That's what Doug told me.
1: Oh my gosh. Businesses are branching out, people. (laughs) Pretty much. But yeah, so after
0: writing that article, I definitely feel like I need to put my horse in my will. Because I've, I've never written a will for my life. So my horse is definitely not in it. Um, I do feel like God forbid, knock on wood, fingers crossed, whatever other thing you should do. If I died tomorrow, like, I feel like my trainer would help my husband sell the horse. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would, you know, that's still an emotional thing for him to have to go through. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And especially like for someone like me, like I don't, there's nobody kind of in charge of the barn except for Matt. And Matt would probably just be like, I'm going to set him free. He'll be a wild horse of <laughs>
2: <gillin'. I'm> like
1: <laughs> My horses would all die. They would just be like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like,
2: Amazing.
1: Oh, Matt's definitely a rub some dirt in the wound. It'll be fine. Kind of guy. I We're working on it. <laughs> Slowly we'll get there.
2: Oakland's Terra girth is perfect for schooling and showing and even better for the earth. It features four unique styles Made from eco-friendly materials, stainless steel hardware, double elastic, and high-quality interchangeable liners that offer a convenient and seamless transition to meet your riding needs. Shop all their sustainable girths at OaklandTack.com. It's that time, you guys. Who's ready for Rose and thorn?
1: Oh, I'm so ready.
2: Let's hear oh. it then. Yeah, okay. you go first.
1: Can I get a drum roll for my Rose? Is it another cat? No, no it is not another cat, but it is about a cat. Okay. So, <laughs> of
2: course I... it's about a cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> guys, I didn't even like cats and now I and find four. that really hard to believe. Yeah, like, I know. I just like animals, okay? That includes In any cats. case. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know if I've told you guys about my my I call it my catchel, cat satchel. Um it What? Oh yes, I bought it. I bought it at PetSmart. It's a legitimate thing. Um, it's like a purse, but for cats. <laughs> and I, I have one of those, but it's for my dog. It's like a sling, and my yeah, dog
0: sits in it. Yeah, yeah,
1: same thing. So, long story short, I went to the vet today because I had to get my cats weighed for their, like, monthly, um, like, flea and tick stuff. And so my fat cat I had to bring in, and I brought her in the catch and... One, it like really hurt my neck, but um, I had like the kittens in the carrier, and I'm like walking in like a crazy person. I was also, fun fact, wearing a onesie, um, with a jacket over the top, so people wouldn't know that I was wearing a onesie, but I'm pretty sure they knew I was wearing a onesie. Yeah,
2: they oh knew. wow, Ellen. they for sure knew,
1: <laughs> you know. As as you acquire more cats, your your self worth kind of <laughs> just. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh! But in any gosh. case,
1: in any case, my fat cat. I adopted her. She was eighteen pounds, and now she is down to thirteen pounds. Wow, which is awesome. So we're we're hopeful that we can catch it before um, diabetes, because um, she's six years old. So hopefully, 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 we can get her down. Um, To where she needs to be. So I wish someone could do that for me. And just like put me on a low-cal diet. And only feed me twice a day. But Matt hasn't been able to be successful with that yet. So
2: she's um, not
0: like. Have you seen Cinderblock the cat. That went viral on the internet.
1: Oh yes yes. You're yes, not doing
0: like water workouts with your cat.
1: I have not. Um, oh my because gosh. one. Pearl would probably kill me. She is not a nice cat. So if um I put her in a tub of water, she would <laughs> um probably maul me and that's how I would die. <laughs> and then I would need to put my horses on my plan. So yeah. So she is fat, but she is losing weight, which is super exciting. My thorn on the other hand is that my blankets have had to come out of the box that I stored them in for the summer. And yep. it just it just makes life that much harder <laughs> you know you go to put the horses out what used to take 15 minutes now takes 25 minutes and you'd be surprised how much 10 minutes affects your day so that would be my my thorn which is not really a thorn life happens and I live in the northeast but I'm still really excited the pearl is on a downward spiral or not I guess that's not
0: the right way to put it what about you guys all right Jess you go
2: I was gonna say I can go so my thorn, I'll start with my thorn first. It's pretty sad. So my poor mother has shingles. It's Ooh. horrible. Like Ugh. she didn't know what she had. So she was in pain for like five days, like in and out of the hospital, like just with the amount of pain, it was horrible. So she's still battling it. It's she's knows it shingles now. At first we didn't know what was wrong with her and she just kept getting admitted and it was a nightmare. Thankfully, like my... Poor father and my aunt and everybody have been like taking care of her. So I'm just hoping she's on the mend pretty soon. She was, they were supposed to come visit and then thankfully like didn't make, like they couldn't come. And so then that night she found out that she ended up breaking out in a rash and the shingles, like she found out that's what it was. So that is my rose or that's my thorn because well it's just terrible. I just feel that she's in that much pain. It's pretty bad. And then my rose was which I guess some people I turned 35 this past week or like a week and a half ago. And Doug and I spent like a good couple days in Highlands, North Carolina. Have you guys ever been?
0: I've heard it's really pretty. I have it never is,
2: been. It's super cool. Like it's way West. Uh, like, I guess that's how you describe it in North Carolina. We just had like some people kind of like randomly talking about it. And then it got brought up a couple weeks ago. And I was like, we should go, like, let's take a couple days. We, we don't really get days off because of the two disciplines. Like we kind of just work, you know, we're at a horse show and come back and ride the other ones. So when we do take days off, we try to leave. Um, so that if not, I stay home and I end up in the barn. So we decided, Right after Tryon, we would drive back up to North Carolina, but without the horses. And so we went to Highlands and did like hiking with Hudson. Went to the coolest layer; they have waterfalls, and they weren't like really bad hiking trails. So it was really nice. Like I, you know, could still kind of do things and everything else, and had good food and just hung out and relaxed and stayed at this cool little um, hotel, like right on Main Street. That was pet friendly. So, cause I brought Nolan and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So that was definitely my rose.
1: Oh,
2: happy late birthday.
1: Thanks. It was a
2: really good birthday. So apparently I'm turning old 35. So getting up there, getting up there. Justine, what was yours?
0: I'll start with my rose and it's just happened today. I'm going to a horse show, not, this upcoming weekend, but the following, and it's, um, it's like a a schooling show we always go to. It's a, it's a nice one, but it's like just far enough away where you don't want to drive back and forth from my house, you know, like it's just far enough. Yeah. But the problem is it's like one of those horse shows that's pretty, like pretty podunk where it is. So the accommodation options are very limited. And it's like, do I really want to stay at the $56 a night motel on the side of the highway? Getting a little old for that. Or like when I was younger, <laughs> yes, I'm happy to do that. Now I'm a little bit, not going to lie, I'm a, I'm a snot about it. I don't want to do that. So I was trying to get creative. And I was like, all right, I want to go to the horse show, but I don't want to add like an hour and a half to two hours of drive time each way a day for the horse show, right? So what am my- I? Yeah. So I started looking on Airbnb because my husband and I Airbnb everywhere, everywhere. Like our our Europe vacation, we were all in Airbnbs and had a great experience. I'm like, all right, let's see what Airbnb's got. And I was not hopeful because it's a remote area already. If there are only crappy motels, right? And so I'm looking at Airbnbs and it's not great. It's all like people's RVs parked in their driveway that you can rent. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Don't think I want to do that and like maybe get murdered. So then I kept looking and I, I found the perfect gem. I'm so excited. It's this, it's a ranch. It's like a working horse ranch, but they use a, a, barn on their property it looks immaculate like just a beautiful horse ranch i think it's like a western pleasure barn like big working western barn and they have this beautiful barn that they rent out just for weddings um and then above above it they redid the loft and it's this adorable like country chic like little apartment that they rent and it's literally five minutes from the horse show grounds and so i booked it and i'm actually really excited about it now that's awesome pictures I know it's so it's so freaking cute. And so um, I'll send it to you guys. Because uh, it's like, I'm like, how does this exist? And they're like a super host on Airbnb. So I don't think I'm going to get like, show up and it not be real. You know what I mean? So so I'm really excited. Even about better. This. I know. I'm like, this might be this hidden gem that if it works out, I'm not going to tell anybody about it because I'm going to book it every time there's a horse show. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I hope it I'll let you know. I'll report back, make sure I'm alive. I'll share, like, I'll drop a pin so you guys know I'm not, you know, getting burned in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my rose is I found, hopefully, fingers crossed, a good Airbnb option. And my thorn is just, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this time of year as the season changes. But I just feel, like, burnt out, man. Like, tired of work. Tired of house life stuff. I'm just like, I need a vacation from life.
2: You need a vacation from life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just feel tired. Like it's been a lot, a lot of things happening at my job. A lot of things happening at home. Just, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I'm ready for like a couple of weeks where I do nothing. And maybe that's the holidays, but the holidays sound stressful thinking about them now. Like, Oh, family got to clean the house. Got to invite all these people over. You know, like I want a vacation. From the holidays, before the holidays, I think you know, get in the right headspace.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Am I I making like a coherent argument here for this or no? Yes. Oh, for sure. All right. We
1: have to host Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, we are too. So we're going to my parents. So we are not hosting. There you go. Oh yeah
1: yeah, I'm not an in-law fan. Oh no. I mean, I like them. I just don't want to hang out with them all the time. And they're going to stay for, like... It's not like a, hey, come for the day thing. They're going to stay, like, all week. Do
0: they have, like, an interest in the horses? Like, do you all oh, go, yeah. like, for a trail ride or something?
1: So, we use our little um, Rocky Mountain, actually. Like, Matt's dad, like, was galloping around in, like, a halter and lead rope. Um, oh, I'm not wow. sure. He, I'm not sure he wanted to, but he was. <laughs> and... I mean, they have an interest in the horses, but it's more like just kind of a hassle because instead of, you know, just two people staying, it's two people, three dogs, like in addition to my dogs and my cats. And then his brother and sister, or excuse me, his sister and his brother-in-law are coming with their two children, which, no offense to Jess, are worse than the dogs. So, (laughs) I mean, I just, I mean, I don't. I used to babysit and I don't know how because I just I mean and then like they get mad and they start running around and then my dogs start chasing them and then they get scared that the dogs are chasing them and I'm like just sit down (laughs) sit down and be quiet so it's just it's stressful for all of the animals too you know the cats have to be like locked away in a room so they don't get eaten by you know the in-laws dogs and it's just it's just a lot yeah. Yeah, the holidays. The holidays are only fun when you don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> but ice cream, Justine. Ice cream and a hot bath.
0: All right, that works. That sounds good.
1: Also, shower beer. I All remember. Right. Shower beer is a good experience.
0: All right, I'll get. I'll give it a try and report back. Allie.
1: <laughs> All right, but we do have a mailbag and
0: it's a good one. I'm excited to ask both of you this. So. A few days ago, Courtney in her Facebook group asked, she was watching the National Horse Show, and she just found the jogging to be really interesting. Um, So I think Courtney is an eventer, and she said she's used to the eventers doing jogs, and she feels like eventers are a little bit more organized compared to the hunters, where they're just kind of, you know, the horses are plodding along quietly behind them. And so she asked, is she the only one who notices, like, it's not, you know, it just feels different, right? So... Jess, I thought you were a good person to answer this because the jogs vary so much by discipline. And we're used to seeing, you know, the eventing jogs where people get dressed up. It's a fashionable event. The press covers it like it's a fashion event, right? Um,
2: Oh, yeah. I mean.
0: But it's not the same when you do, when you jog the show jumpers, right?
2: No. So it's way, way different. So in the eventing, you plan your outfit. Like I've done articles on how to pick out outfits for jogs, like it is a whole ordeal. Like you think about for the five stars or overseas trips or whatever. I mean, I've planned my jog outfits weeks in advance and I usually have like two or three, like depending on the weather, all of this, like there are pictures everywhere of this. So you want to look your best, your horse looks its best. They're completely braided, you know, they're beautiful, everything else. And We, it's way different when you go to show jumping, you literally just like, so in eventing, you go in order, like you have your number and you go in order and that's, you know, you wait your turn and it's one through 50. And you know, if you're number 26, you go number 26. Um, And then of course, actually take that back with the eventing. If you have multiple horses, you can present them at the same time. So if you're number one and 50, you can do those, but it's still an order. It is a numerical order in show jumping. If the jog's at two o'clock in the afternoon, whoever gets there like 150 jogs first, and whoever gets there like 215 jogs last. Like it is a free for all, and it is very laid back. Everybody's in whatever they're wearing. I mean, if you're in exercise clothes, you're in exercise clothes. If you're in riding clothes, you're in riding clothes. If you it's your groom, no big deal. Nobody cares. So they literally jog and they're not they're not braided, they're not perfect, you know, they're clean, but they're, they just basically don't have a blanket and boots on, they don't care what you jog in, they don't care any of it, and it's just to present it, and I think part of it is, with the venters. you know, you've made it kind of a spectator event, it's after cross-country, so you want to see what they look like, the jogs for the show jumping are just happening you know, before the event even starts. So it's, if your event starts on Wednesday and the jumpers, you jog Tuesday, like nobody's there on Tuesday. There's no spectators to see it on Tuesday. So it's not really this done up thing. And I think that's part of it is because they want to make sure, you know, with eventers that their horses look a hundred percent after they've gone cross country to make sure they are okay to actually show jump because, you know, they are doing a lot more strenuous activity than, you know, the two minutes that the show and not saying show jumpers aren't doing a lot to do, but it's just a way different thing because you're doing it at the beginning and not in the middle of the competition. Hmm. So I think it's just kind of become lax and no big deal.
0: What about dressage? Is it different in dressage?
2: Um. I think dressage is pretty, like, lax, too, because I think it's the same thing. It's on that Tuesday. I could be way wrong. So somebody in the group, please tell me. I've never done an FEI dressage at all. Okay. Uh, I barely know how to, like, enter a dressage show. So I'm really, <laughs> <it's> terrible. <laughs> I grew up in the hunter jumper world, and, like, when Doug and I first met, it was, why do you not do dressage shows? Like, because you need help in the dressage. I just do jumper shows instead. But you're a very, <laughs> very good show jumper. Yeah, that's why I go to jumper shows. <laughs> and he's like, "You're missing the point. I was asking. Never mind. But you need to practice. You need to go to that discipline. But <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure with FBI dressage that you do the same. It is that Tuesday. If the show starts on Wednesday, you jog before it starts. And it's, I think it's a little bit more kind of put together. But I don't think not nothing to the degree of them. Ending. Got it. Okay.
0: Well, so if you have a question for us and you want us to answer it on air, you can send us an email by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And if you want to hear more from us, please subscribe to the Heels Down Brief. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash HD Brief. And we want to say thank you to all our partners this week. Oakland Tech, Greenhawk, Pack, and High Low Fit. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers.